Yo, I say podcast, man, is the real truth, and I'm still waiting on the Tanner's video. <laughs> As an echo, G. That shit dope, though. But look, this Rain checking in, telling y'all to fall in and stand the fuck up for something, or just fall all the way back on everything. Okay, well... We thank you for your uh, minimal contribution to the intro. We didn't ask you <laughs> anything in reference yeah, to that. But we what we're going to do today is something <laughs> different musically. That is, is going to actually give the name of the song. Um, but this is uh, one of our classic I Say Podcast bangers that you know independent Carolina artists have submitted. Throw ahead and throw into it. Newberry, South Carolina. Mm. The homie. Mm. Slow dog. Big big money. Big big money. Date dog. Name of the song. Cold slow. Slow. Don't wait. Yeah, nigga, that was some classic shit. That was date dog. Big big money. Big big money. That was one of our favorites ever on the podcast. Shout out to date dog. Yeah, we were just talking about that song, the lingo that we took on for months. Yeah, we talked big big slow. Big big money. Talk big slow. Like we just adapted that whole vibe and wave into our vernacular. That shit was. Nigga, I, I, I've been seen on funny-ass videos with gloves on. Niggas was like, why the fuck you have gloves on? And I'm running around out of state just like I lost my fucking mind. But, Man. nigga, that was a soundtrack, nigga. That was classic. That was a great idea is to play some of these classic. We had some classic bangers that we, we really were the some of the first people to even play. Yeah, and then we have some not so classic bangers. We should play some of those too. You, we you want to bring back? We'll play them. Yeah, um, get everybody they shot. See if people disagree. Like you know what? This is hot now. Let's yeah, see. we'll see what's going on. But uh, now I wish I could just keep date focus on music, man. If I keep that nigga focus on music, 
Ooh, ooh. What is date focused on? Date getting a Dello deal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 Nigga drink Modellos, try to build Modelo sponsor. You know, you gotta diversify though. But uh, that nigga, he he's weird with the music in a good way. You know what I mean? Like ain't nobody sounding like that nigga right now. The shit he doing. So right. But yeah, date dog. What up, man? Um, I want to say one thing real quick about diversifying though. That I thought it was real powerful, man. Money man, you know that's our nigga. You know what I'm right. saying? He uh, he just pulled out uh, a little really two minute video where he was just talking about how nigga. You gotta diversify, and what he started out was just somebody in the comments was saying, "Ain't no Plan B." He was like, "My Plan B is to make sure Plan A work." And he was like, "Man, in all seriousness, bro, you tripping? You gotta have another way to get money in this environment. You gotta have another way." He was like, "If I didn't rap, I was still going to have money." He was like, "I had money before, you know what I'm saying? Based on all of the different plays that I did, all of the different things that I did to get money." I was ready to quit rapping, but he was like, the people around me was just like, nah, man, that's crazy. Your shit is too hard. You need to keep rapping. He was like, man, fuck all of this shit. He said, to be real, when I signed the cash money just to be real with you, I did it because of the name. I didn't need nothing from cash money. He was like, I already had a quarter mil literally before my deal. He was like, I don't, I did that shit because I was like, oh, this might, this honestly going to be hot because, you know, I'm on the label shit. I could get Drake on the song. I, I could get Lil Wayne on the song. It's cash money. I'm on cash money. But he was like, at the end of the day, he ain't need none of that shit. You know, he, he still makes sure his 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 resources are diversified. So I just want to mention that real quick, man. I thought it was dope. A little content. A little right. Well, thank you for that, Anderson. Welcome. Uh, so, yeah, we back in this thing, man. And, um... As we always do about this time, Carolina News, follow-up story we had back, uh, it was the episode, I think we had uh, Joanja on. We did the article about uh, Dick Tench, the dude who was sitting in his, uh, yeah, we had her on. He was in his house and his medic alert bracelet went off and the police came in and shot his ass three times. Um, yeah, Dick. Dick didn't die, did he? Dick didn't die, but uh, <laughs> Dick is suing the Greenville County Police Department. Um, the cop lied Dick about. Was white. Yeah, he was white. Yeah. Big Dick. Whitney. And um, his his wife was talking about how like, hey man, um, the police need better training and all of that shit. If you didn't know the story, the way she talking, you would thought she was a black woman. You know what I mean? <laughs> you get to look into that shit. Like, oh damn, this is Dick Tinch. But uh, I don't know, man. Like for I mean, me, you kind of he has real shit. You know, he has a fucking awesome porn star like name. Nigga. He does. Like he's or oh, a name like that, and you white. You I feel like you would kind of be one of the dudes. Like if we were doing a trade, like we might just go ahead and draft Dick Tench. Mm, probably would <laughs> bring Dick on over to our side, yeah, man. Dick with yeah. Dick with us, man. But um, and I hope he win that shit. Fuck it, Fuckin you know right. what I'm saying? Fuck twelve. I Fuckin hope he right. win that shit. This man, the comfort of his own home, got shot in the chest, the groin. They say the bullet in the groin is so deep they can't get it out, and shot him in the asshole. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's not they got, funny. They got shot in the chest, turned around, they put one in his ass. Like damn. But um, yeah, I hope he win. I hope he he be a millionaire. Dick still with the shits. Dick still Dick with the shit. Dick better get paid. Dick on a cane too. At minimum, they go give him a, a silver suit and oh. they go pay him to go away. Dick, he go get is money. Gonna get yeah. some off the books, bread. Yeah, they go try to settle with him out of court, but Dick he go get paid. Yeah, something that glaring that y'all was wrong, and the cop lied on Facebook said something happened when they pulled up the body cam. The way he said, he said, Dick opened the door and pointed the gun at him. Body cam showed Dick never opened the door. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But they ain't find him guilty. They let the cop off. Well, they let cops off. Yeah. But um, I I don't think Dick was expecting him to get off and with then, him being and a this white is, man. And this is awesome because Dick, this is one of the sides of, like, I'm rooting on his white privilege. <laughs> For real. Because, you know, like. He's like, in his mind as well, he, he may not even be racist, but I, I just feel like, and white people, tell me if I'm wrong, I feel like at some point he realized, y'all did all of this shit to me, yeah, and I'm white. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, 
Fuck that. Yeah. Y'all not gonna let some cops shoot the shit out of me at my house. Yeah. I'm all fucked up in front of my wife. These motherfuckers get off and y'all not finna give me no break. What the fuck do y'all think I like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he's not racist, but I I feel like in his mind he's probably like, Y'all not gonna do me like these niggas. Yeah. <laughs> you feel yeah. me? Yeah. Like so I'm rooting for that white privileged mindset to be like, no, fuck that. Because yeah. I honestly feel like Dick Tench is in the right. Yeah. And he got a damn uh a fire ass lawyer. Yeah, he finna Amy Amy Beatty, I think. Y'all did something to Dick. Dick they ain't do nothing to nobody. Yeah, Dick about to get on y'all's motherfucking ass. Y'all gonna get yeah, Dick tinched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But hey, we got a new segment this week, man. We gonna start bringing this shit. It's called a lesson learned. So we're gonna be talking about a lesson that we learned this week. This week. I learned a powerful lesson. Yesterday <clears throat> I was uh, down by the Cherrydale area, um, and had to pick up something for the house, so I swung in the Ingles over by uh in that Jimmy Jazz uh area over there. Oh, over there by where Dick Titch today? I don't know. No, Dick's there in Simpsonville, <laughs> not too far from us. But uh, <laughs> um, so I pull up and like it's it's two like parking spots. But one of them is, like, right by the buggy shit. So the car, I guess they ain't want to risk it trying to pull in too tight. But anyway, um, I'm looking at the car. It's probably about a 1997, 98 piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And um, so I get I get out, and um, it's a dude and a nigga look back. So I'm like, you know. It's a yeah. dude and another nigga that look back, or it's a dude who no, is looking back? No, it's a dude, and the nigga, okay. he looks back. And so we uh we we walk on in, I got my mask on, um, you know, we go in and uh so we get in there, I'm over by the produce section and shit, and I see the nigga look back again. So I'm like, eh, you know, hey, uh, probably you know what I mean, he just maybe paranoid. I don't know what the nigga got going on. So he's standing at the deli counter, so uh I turn I go to walk Towards that direction. Now the nigga pretty much gave me the, the size up and down look. You know what I'm saying? Now this time, again, I got my mask on, so I guess my eyes said, all right, nigga, you done looked at me three times now. What the fuck wrong with you? And he immediately was like, bro, he was like, hey, man, like, I ain't, I ain't trying to size you up or nothing, man. He was like, yo, I was checking out your tats, bro. Like, them shits is dope. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. So the lesson you say for me, thank you. yeah, I say appreciate it. So the lesson for me was like, don't think everybody won't smoke mm-hmm. or got a problem. You know what I'm saying? But I do want to provide a lesson for him. There's a certain way you need to conduct yourself when you want to compliment another <laughs> oh nigga. God. Like for real. Like if I see a nigga with some fresh kicks or something on, I'd be like, hey, bro. Immediately, I don't just keep sizing them up. I say, hey, them shit's fire, dog. Just get it on out the way. You don't want to keep looking a nigga up and down because that ain't my side of town that I live at. I don't know who this nigga is. The nigga already looked weird. So So that raises that raises a bigger a bigger question. And that's how because we know that a lot of people, particularly in our culture, are not effective communicators. Absolutely not. How do we get over that hurdle? Because you're right. I think you have a valid point. But I also feel like I don't, in order to try to move further and get, you know, to a positive step, I can't, I can't fault this person who may not have had, I, I want, there's, there's probably opportunity, yeah, they could maybe learn more information, but that's besides the point. But I don't fault you for the fact that you don't know how to effectively communicate that. How do we bridge that gap between people, and this can be on this specific subject, or it can even get broader, really, and just be like, Niggas don't know how to effectively communicate. This message still needs to get to this nigga. I don't want to have to beat a nigga's ass because a lot of situations with different people or even di- a you at a different moment or perspective point, that could have turned into a whole lot of nothing mm-hmm. over a, a something that was just a, a compliment. Right. How do, you, how do you bridge that gap in effective communication? So well, like nine a- times out of ten, you like, I can explain this to him and this is not going to become... 
something more than I want it to be. That's a million dollar question, man. I'm going to tell you why. Because I've been in situations where I've seen niggas kind of ignore something like that. And I'm looking at it like, this nigga finna get his head bust. And he just kind of being oblivious. Oh, the nigga just looking at me saying, what's up? And next thing you know, the nigga bust his head. So it's like, in a situation like that where you try and chill, you giving niggas the benefit of the doubt, you get fucked up behind it. It's a situation like this where you want to be aggressive and like, why does motherfucker keep looking at me? Then it ain't nothing. And like you said, if you would if I would have jumped out the window on something crazy, and he just simply just trying to give me a compliment, then you know, I I don't even know, man. I think it's a aggression that us as black folks, man, or especially black men, feel like we gotta have. You that shit I mean? remind me of a story a long time ago with Nas, <clears throat> around the time Illmatic, his first joint dropped. They said he was out on the streets, um, and a nigga was looking at him, and he saw it, felt it, and the nigga like, was running like towards him, like not yeah. full speed, but nigga like, really trying to get up to him. So by the time nigga came up to him, Nas pulled out a pistol on him, and the nigga was like, whoa, whoa, bro, it ain't like that. And the dude was like, I'm a fan of yours. I think you, you dope. You're going to be the next nigga. I got a tape. Here's here's my tape, and uh, they said Nas was like, nigga, give me your shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, yeah. what the fuck you doing? You know what I'm saying? I thought yeah. you was trying to run up on me. You know, yeah. and like you was about to get killed with me. And the funny story is, the next day he actually did let the dude come up in the studio with him the next day and, and fuck with him probably because he, you know, maybe felt bad about you know pulling out on him. But um, but think if he didn't do it and dude was coming to doing some harm, right? Like think back on Nip, right? How a dude just walked that. I mean, he wasn't thinking like this nigga finna come fire on me, like you know what I mean. So how do we bridge that line of effective communication, knowing what the other side of the coin could be? Me, I would, question. I would rather err on the side of being wrong than, you know what I'm saying. I, I would rather overreact than not react and get fucked up. Well, you see, here's the thing for me. Maybe it's just the drugs that I've done in my life. But I have an inherent sense of uh, I am look may may look very very calm, but it may be a heightened sense of awareness that may borderline paranoid. So yeah. that means, especially in some of the unsavory environments I am, and it's it's the same with you in the sense that you're you're an artist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like some people are going to look at you, and you're not used to a lifestyle. People do that, but it could be a whole myriad of reasons. They may know more. They may they may be able to quote more of your catalog than anybody else, you know yeah. what I'm saying, verbatim. So, but at the same time, if I take that mindset with all of the niggas that look at me, mm. or may say something or whatever, uh, I would already have shot a nigga. Yeah, for sure. But it's different, like when you see, like, uh, cause man, this probably was this before we took the break. Um, I was at damn Spinks. And it was a white girl and two black girls. Well, they looked like they probably was in their late 20s, maybe early 30s. And I seen one of them looking, but I was just like, I don't, I don't know what they got going on. But I heard one of them say, that's the dude from the podcast. So Sipping pretty, what up? You know. 1981 was happening. It, you, act, you react different. Like you say, sometimes people know you for different things, but you're not going to get aggressive I know I'm not going to get as aggressive with a woman as I am a dude because I, I feel like a dude got motives the way he might try and harm me or something. But women you know are smarter mean? and a woman could come up easily and just go ahead and do a myriad of, you know. Yeah, you know. Mm. But that was a lesson learned for me, you know. Okay. So. Good question, though, Anderson. Uh, lesson learned for me. I learned probably like, uh, <clears throat> I learned two things this week. So I'm going to just try to pick... The one that just really bubbles up in my head first. And that's what I found is uh, a lot of people, you know, like I feel like I've just kind of been in my own little bubble with a lot of things. And I feel the weight of that, you know. And I'm not afraid to say that that it's made me feel like I was at a point where I was battling something that I haven't in a long time, and that's depression. Yeah. But when I when I communicate with a lot of other people, I feel like, given the context of everything that's going on, it's like it's like a, it's like a weight, it's like a cloud, it's like a vibe that's that's over really everyone. 
So whether you're like in, in high spirits, your spirits may just be good. If it's and if you're good, they may be lower. And I just I think I learned that you can't lose track of there's a lot of other people um that are experiencing that, you know. Right. Um, and looks, you know, like for me, like I've I've probably been doing like a super poor job of promoting everything on social media because like if I have something on my mind that's not for social media, I don't post on social media. So I've been pretty, you know, uh, compared to my n- normal usage, I've been pretty light on that. But you know, that's probably more of a subsequent thing because I don't, I don't want to, I don't talk. Oh my God, I'm in, I'm in pain. I need a friend. I don't do none of like that. Shit will make me mad, you know, before yeah. anything. So I don't even talk or consider some shit like that. So. uh yeah, that's what I learned. Okay. That was very timely. Mm. Uh man, we got a couple topics. We I got, got some, some I got I got like two shit that was submitted. Yeah. Um like minor <clears throat> listener submitted as well. Yeah. One that somebody asked me was uh how the hell you and Rain meet up and uh-huh. start doing this podcast for new listeners. Oh goodness. Um man, I met this nigga man. In, in corporate America, and I I done told the story a few times, but short short and sweet. Um, I started working in corporate America in two thousand nine. Um, that's when I first both feet out the streets. So, I came into the corporate world. This was my only real job. Um, I had other little bullshit. And speaking of that, I got a home girl who had hit me up. I'm gonna bring home the podcast, man. She gotta tell you about how. Damn, me and my nigga turned down this old job we had into the fucking trap. And how wild that shit was. We got some good stories behind that shit. But anyway, um, I met this nigga and, um, you know, still operating off of extreme paranoia and street shit. I didn't really talk to nobody. Um, I saw him. I, I think you, nah, it was him and another black dude that was in our training, um, you know. And I knew he was he was cooler than the other black dude. The other black dude was a complete square. Um, but what I noticed about Rain, like he was talking to everybody. That nigga was talking to everybody. Motherfuckers loved that nigga. And I didn't give a fuck about none of them motherfuckers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I stayed to myself. I ain't talking to them bastards because I'm just looking like, man, fuck this. You know, uh, I got to get used now to damn legit money and shit. So it was just weird. And um, one day, man, I don't even know how that shit. The nigga was like he was going to lunch, and I ain't have my card in. So I fucking rolled with the nigga. We chopped it up, and I saw some behaviors that he had that I liked. So <laughs> I was like, all right, man, this nigga cool. And damn... Niggas been thick as thieves since then, you know what I'm saying? And we was always sitting around talking shit and damn cracking jokes. So we was like, man, hey, we need to damn bring this shit to the main screen. And it was uh, it was me, him, and Merv. And damn, Merv kind of took like a back back roll. You know, he damn the one who put all this shit together production wise. And me and Rain down, we kept doing the the main talking on the podcast. But that's how the shit happened. You know what I mean? LD. Beats, what's up? K Lake one thirty three. What's, what's going on? I am I'm fucking completely impressed by that story because knowing this guy for that fucking long, I never would have thought he would articulate this nigga when he when, when he articulated that shit well. It was a hundred percent factual. But like there's more shit talking and and rats and shit like that moment like he said that uh when we when we first vibed, um and we we just, you know, kicked it outside of work. That happened, but what you he didn't tell you is, nigga, I thought you was a square ass corporate <laughs> ass motherfucking nigga. I ain't know about your motherfucking ass for a goddamn minute, but nigga, you know what I'm saying? A whole lot of that shit. And, and the funny thing is, like, he did this shit for literally like five <laughs> fucking minutes. You know, how, like five minutes of straight talking. He. Ex- Gave me more analogies of the type of nigga that he thought I was. <laughs> and that's the shit that I always tell I'm like, God damn it. Uh, this nigga's not done. Man. So yeah, it was that was real dope. Yeah. I know we'll forget, man. This nigga, this nigga was so clean and corporate. This nigga had his shirts, 
his polo was tucked in his jeans with a blazer on, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Just in there, wingtips on, like, showing his ass. And I'm like, man, fuck these motherfuckers, man. Like, I don't like none of these bastards. But damn, the shit was cool, man. Like, that brings us into our next topic. So, <clears throat> somebody asked me, like, hey, um, do shit, we as black people get offended when... and Rain is gonna be a good one for this because I always said this nigga can art- articulate his ass off. Like, um, and so, and that was one of the things, and that that's on me when I first met him. I'm like, man, this nigga talking white. Just me being, <laughs> you know, the kind of nigga I was at the time. But even me saying that now I was wrong. But her that's question okay. was, I get that a lot. yeah, her question was like, should we be offended by that? Like, to you, what is talking white, and what what is what does that mean? Yeah, when I I'm at a point in my life now when I get something like that, I I I try to I ask people more questions to get them talking. So then I I I kind of just look at them and see if they realize, like, and self discover. Oh, I'm saying some some silly shit. Right. So I, I would ask that question like, okay, what is what is talking white? You know, it's <clears throat> I don't talk with like a high pitch. I, I have pretty thorough level of bass in my voice as a, as a black man and right. what exactly is talking why how do you define it is what words is it what, what part of the vocabulary you know and i let them say shit and most times a nigga say something funny like shit more of the three syllable word you know like <laughs> that, that's talking white if you got both three syllables you know but uh i ask that you know and like when somebody says oh this person has good hair i'm like okay what is good hair and the thing is yeah. lately and it's just the truth. We just be a hunting about it. I find myself having that conversation more with black women than anybody else on earth. Like, in terms of this is good hair, that's not. And then I ask them, okay, what is good hair? Right. And then they, they'll they just start sometimes pandering back and forth. Oh, it's, it's hair that you know is more manageable. Well, what do you what do you define manage? What is, what's, what's, what's worth, yeah. what's worth, what, you know, what's worth it? Yeah. You know, or... And a lot of them, well, you know, I just, I just, you know, I I just want the hair that's just like long and, you know, silky and all of this. And it's like, well, why don't you like your hair? Yeah. Well, well, that's these. I just ask these questions and I get different answers. I get some people, you know, I don't like my hair. So mm-hmm. I get some people like, I do like my hair. Um, some people just like, hey, I'll, sometimes I want to switch it up. There's a lot of different answers, but hey, right. you ask these questions. I still want to know, regardless of how you do it. How do? Why do you define? What do you define as good hair and bad hair? Why do you? Who let you think that in terms of my perception, all yeah. that other shit looks better than you naturally? That's usually the question I ask. Do you think there's instances where subconsciously you find yourself like, okay, this is not the audience to talk how I normally talk? Fuck it. Yes, <laughs> I was thinking about that. God damn it! This is such. Home run. I was like, I leave all the fucking time. And what I've realized is I am going to be a lot more vocal because what I was doing when I was thinking about this shit, I was really kind of acting co-opt as like a silent assassin for motherfuckers who even though they didn't know how I really felt, they treated me like they knew how I fucking felt anyway because I'm a, I'm a nigga to them. And I'm six foot two and I got dreadlocks. They still already had me pegged for something that I never displayed, assumed, whether they acted otherwise or not. They could be acting covert. So what the fuck is the point for me not to actually make my voice heard in terms of the shit and how I feel? Uh-huh. Like like I was saying on other podcasts before, I even think about anything in terms of leadership. I would think about the shit that I would want to believe in. The shit I'm, I want to stand on, and I'm, I'm, I'm outlining some of that. You know, like as far as I'm concerned, this is, this is, this is the part that I, I've, I figured out for sure. If you say you fucking love America, and you do not because you love America want to address the hypocrisy of what this culture has done. To African American people specifically, right. you are un-American, and therefore, to me, you are a terrorist. That is now based on my belief system. <laughs> what I can say and uh, fluently articulate and stand on that. Like I had to give it a lot of thought and want to just. But that's truly how I feel because Amer- America, in terms of just the history, I don't, we don't have to go through all of that. But the motherfuckers who 
were from here, y'all ran off, killed off. The mother, everybody came here one way or another. And, and for you to then say, we're beneath, we're going to treat you different, you originally came here to avoid that. That was the American way. <laughs> So that's the belief system that I have of America. So if you are against that just because I'm black, fuck that. You truly don't love America. Because I'm America, motherfucker. You got to deal with me and all of my vocabulary and all the shit I got to say. So if you don't like that and me being black, you are a terrorist to me. <laughs> how so did how, we get here? You asked me about... You asked you ask me... <laughs> you asked me something, nigga. Shit, no, and, no, and I said, no, I talked about how I, I, I said that, you know, I thought about it. What you said, the question initially brought me to my belief system. And that was something that I brought up. You said, do I have to talk a certain way? And then I said, yes, that's, that's my voice. Like, I feel like that, that, that idea, that thing I just said about you motherfuckers being terrorists, and that's how I see you are, because that's what you are. You're terrorists. I might not have articulated that at one point in my life to a lot of motherfuckers. I would feel like, you know what? I'm not going to engage in this. I'm just going to hold my tongue because this group is not going to be receptive. This group doesn't want to hear it. This group, I, whatever the reason I thought, because I didn't know them. They're just faces. I don't know these people. I may hold my tongue on this subject matter. I'm just not as interested in doing that anymore because now I seem voiceless. Now I seem like my thought process and the way I believe is not some of the, you know, some of the realest shit, you know, out there. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to censor myself and just seem like a quiet, quiet person. Fuck it. Nope. Man, our brother told me a story a few years back. This nigga was like, man, niggas are dangerous who manage how to do both. He was like... So, nigga, we're, we're dangerous because we know how to do that corporate shit and we can talk that street shit. He was like, man, motherfucker was calling me about a bill I was bullshit on. <laughs> and he said they was calling from the same number, so he was sending that shit straight to voicemail. He said one day the motherfucker called, he picked up like, yo, from a number he didn't know. It was like, yo, man, what's good? He was like, oh, shit, nigga, chilling. <laughs> What you got going this weekend? Bad shit. Ain't no telling who this. Yeah, this is Edward Williams. KMO got his ass. He hung up on that motherfucking ass again. But he was like, man, that nigga dangerous, bro. He can do both of that shit. He had me dead to rights. I was like, man, that shit funny as fuck. Sure this weekend. Yeah. Hey, you gonna pay this, this you gonna pay this bill? Right. So uh I wanna get your thoughts on a little current event. You saw the J Prince NBA Youngboy shit? No, I missed it. So, somebody had broke into, some some young niggas broke into, like, NBA Young Boys' car garage and went live while they're doing it. Like, yeah, nigga, we in little top shit. Like, nigga, going in all his cars and shit. Then the next day, they went back live. Like, nigga, call us to get your shit back. So, the nigga, like, young boy went live. Like, nigga, what the fuck did y'all take? Maybe $20? Like, all the cars are here, nigga. And when you pay cash, you got two keys, which I don't know what the fuck young boy talking about. Because every time I bought a car and I haven't paid cash except one time, I got two keys as well, young boy. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But he was like, you get two two keys anytime you damn uh, pay cash. He was like, fuck niggas. Like, y'all niggas ain't do shit. Y'all some flunkies. So damn, they kept going back like, yo, nigga, they would go live again. Call us. Don't let your pride get in the way. You want your shit? Nigga, like, fuck out of here, nigga. So, the next day... Incriminating themselves. Yeah, the next day, J. Prince go live, and he like, y'all little niggas was fucking with somebody very dear to me. He was like, "Uh, and I'm just not going to stand for that. And he was like, hey, man, I got your shit. He held up his car keys. He held up his Rolls Royce umbrellas. He was like, man, we going to get your shit. Back to you Immediately when I saw this shit <clears throat> I said that's some lame ass shit Immediately when I saw it You thought Jay Prince shit was lame? Yeah that shit was lame he, Jay Prince had the shit? Yeah I, and I'm like damn this shit This shit seemed lame as hell Like I wouldn't expect that from Jay Prince Why do you feel it was lame? He I'ma got, get there okay. So the next Not even the next day A couple hours later 
I was back on the ground scrolling, and young boy went live again. He was like, listen here, nigga. He was like, man, I, I don't respect that pussy-ass shit. He was like, because you know a lot of people that's close to me, bro. Why the fuck you had to go live and tell people I got some shit back for me? You could have just called me if you really were saying that. He was like, mind your fucking business. Like, that's some bullshit. That's not real OG-type shit that... You got to go live and let a nigga know with some shit I don't care about because I'm driving the car right now. He was like, you going live talking about, yeah, I got your shit back. I got your umbrellas. He's like, you think I give a fuck about a Rolls Royce umbrella? And he was just saying, like, that shit was kind of lame because nigga, call me. Why are you going live saying you got my shit back? Here's Okay, so here's how I think about that. Thanks for kind of painting that canvas in such a lovely way. I feel like I'm aware of the situation, and I've only right, heard good. two minutes of it. Great job. Yeah. I would say this. <clears throat> Possibly the order of sequence could have changed. And here's what I mean by that. He, Yes, he should have reached out to Youngboy, but I, I would think that OG, like Jay Prince, was also doing it not to necessarily make it seem like, oh, I'm doing NBA Youngboy such a favor, just to let people know that there is a presence that still holds young niggas accountable to sucker shit. And I think that, I feel like that might have been more what he was trying to articulate by doing it that way. Not even in a way to disrespect, like his thought process probably wasn't even known. You know what? I'm finna shine on young boy like that. Because young boy, if he really gave a fuck about that shit, realistically would have access to people that would get that shit back for him. I don't question him. NBA Youngboy didn't give a fuck about that, but I don't think that that was the point that Jay Prince was even trying to make That's by that action. I think I that like I this. think that as an OG, he's trying to let Could these little young fuck. Moment. Yeah, he's letting young fuck niggas know, regardless. And what he said about it in the young boy was not since you couldn't get your shit back or since you was scared. He didn't say that. Right. He said, "This is someone who is dear to me. I got your shit back." Now I do agree for the sake of effect. Here's an example where being on the outside kind of lends helpful communication in a situation like this. I do feel like as an effective communicator, and I probably, you know, knowing Jay Prince because he is an OG, that line of communication has probably already happened now. Right. But the effective line of communication would be if that was effectively communicated to young boy. But again, young boy, I would say in this example is an example we talk about. Like most people love young boy. I would say young boy has good music and he's a real nigga. But that was an example I would say that I still don't think his response might is an example of effective communication. Yeah. His com- response, if Jay Prince was not the OG that he is, could incite a whole lot more shit. But people who are both capable of doing a lot of shit that is not good for the culture. That's just the bottom line. I didn't look at it, it from that perspective. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. Um, now that I sit back and think about it, but when I my initial reaction when I was saw young him, boy's like, reaction, you I'm were like, li- what the fuck? You were you in line like, with young boy? Yeah, like, cause I I could right. imagine somebody took some shit from me and you got it, and instead of you calling me like, hey man, I got the shit back, you go live and that's my first time hearing about it. Like, yeah man, I got his shit back. Like, nigga, what the fuck? Like, you and got again, my number. Like, I, I could have done that, but my purpose was to not incriminating myself. But yeah. at the same time, like, because he's the one out of all of these people, when he's got on the internet, I, I, young boy couldn't incriminate himself because he was the victim of this, you know. But yeah. he's the only person who articulated on that shit and didn't incriminate it. He didn't say that I did X, Y, and Z to these niggas. Yeah. I didn't say how I got this back. I didn't say that I will do this. He didn't incriminate his shit, but he made it clear that you young niggas do dumb fuck shit. You will be held accountable. That's what he effectively. That's what I gather from the way you painted that situation to me. Yeah. That's what he effectively was articulating. Yeah, cause young boy kept telling them like, "Hey man, drop the address," and they was like, "What you go come smoke something over twenty dollars, nigga? You saying it's only twenty dollars? Like why you want a, want an address?" He said, "Nah, I'm gonna come give y'all niggas a kiss." You know what I'm saying? They was like, "Ah, you know, like I don't know, man, but these niggas." I don't even know why you would put yourself in trying to go on somebody's shit. Nigga, you don't even know. Them niggas could have been waiting there and laid all y'all's asses down. You know what I'm saying? And then not only you going to man's shit, but you fucking go live, nigga? For what? So, here's, this is, and this is, since we just on this this vein of effective communication, what do you, from your, your perspective, 
because you're a real nigga. You, we go back a long time. What do you think these young niggas were ineffectively communicating by this everything that they did? The fact that they not only committed a crime, but they wanted to go live and share. What are they effectively trying to do, and what are they effect, ineffectively trying to communicate? I, I don't like to really say clout chasing, but I would say they was just trying to show that question NBA young boys G or try and say who he ain't who he think he is or you know what I'm saying? It's the same way like if a nigga get knocked out, you know. Um and I I've been knocked out before. You know what I mean? Like it don't change the fact of who I am. Like anybody can get caught slipping. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Professional fighters get yeah, knocked yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, you get caught slipping, nigga. You still don't want to fight them. I think they was just trying to discredit him, you know? Like, hey, this nigga ain't shit. Because that's how they was talking to him when they got him on the phone. Like, nigga, what you go do? You you need to pay. You, you ready to pay to get your shit back. So, but that comes with a lot of NBA Youngboy bring a lot of that to himself, too. Through his music and all the shit he done talked, you know, and, and his background. So you know, it's um it go hand in hand, man. Um, I don't think they were communicating anything. Of course, they weren't communicating communicating anything positive. It was just like this nigga ain't who he think he is, and you know we are who we say we are. Look what we did. But I mean, I don't. I, I if anybody who around them that's real niggas, they wouldn't get no stripes off of that. Cause you went into a nigga's garage and went live like that. That's supposed to prove what. That's like. You knocking out the smallest nigga in the club. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and niggas like, oh, boy, he knocked the shit out of his ass. Nigga, that's the smallest nigga in the club. Nigga, do that to a nigga your size or bigger. You know, like, nah, I don't agree with that shit. Yeah. Shit was lame as fuck. What you think? Uh, I think they were trying to communicate um, very similar to what you said, um, but when I try to just get as much context again from only knowing a beautiful canvas that you painted two minutes, like I don't, I don't know yeah. everything. You know, I'm not, I'm not the expert of this, 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 the context of the situation. But I feel like from where I'm standing, yeah. they're articulating. <clears throat> um, I'm in a fucked up situation. Mm, okay. I don't know how to get myself the fuck up out of this fucked up situation. I got a lot of pressure on me. I don't give a fuck how I go about this path of what I think will get me success. I don't give a fuck about that. Right. I already feel a type of way about this person who's probably from my they're the same city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Repping the same, you know, part of the map. You feel a type of way about this person. This person is going to be a part of your process of ineffectively expressing, I am under pressure. I am having a hard time. Whether you winning in the streets right now or not, I am having a lot of pressure. This is now the result action. I think that's what they have communicated to me. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, y'all the niggas do better, man. Do better, and um, I appreciate that perspective on Jay Prince. That that definitely makes sense. I didn't think about it like that. Um, so yeah, be careful, you know, young niggas. I used to do a lot of drugs. I get paranoid. Yeah, no shit. Nigga. <laughs> nah, I just, that was just joking. Walking yeah. in my garage, seeing yeah. a nigga in there on live. Not right. No. Headline: Nigga died <laughs> while going live. And then you know I would be like, you know what I'm saying. Now you go really hurt my whole, you know what I'm saying? This is gonna hurt my campaign of being Black Lives Matter. Be like, oh, that nigga Ray <laughs> killed that nigga though. Yeah, you, you, didn't, you didn't ask him about it, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, that's when you invade a person's home, man. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like, you know, either they were not savvy enough to, if they, if, if Youngboy was saying the car's got two keys, I think what he was probably saying by that is even if you took a key, your damn sure wasn't dumb enough to take the car. Yeah. And, He's absolutely right. If they did, even if they did take keys, they absolutely, while they were incriminating themselves, they at least, you know, incriminated themselves of petty theft, which is still stupid, but they didn't incriminate themselves of a felony. So at the same context, a lot of it, they weren't really about that type of action. They really, truly weren't. 
They were just in the garage. They didn't try to, from what you said, enter the home. But even now, man, so, I'm going to be on such high alert if I'm him. Them niggas know you stay, bro. And how the well, fuck did they get access? It's kind of like T. Grizzly selling his new shit, man. Like, one of his mistakes was thinking he didn't need security. You know, mm-hmm. you get, just because you from the streets, you get streets nigga, street niggas around you all the time, nigga. You need that security, bro. Like, you can't let these, because motherfuckers will follow you from... Wherever you going and lay on your ass until they like, oh, okay, the nigga slipping. Now nah, let's go. So just be safe, man. Be well. But hey, we got these listener topics, man, that were submitted. Um, first one was <clears throat> uh, NASCAR's Bubba Wallace. Bubba. Um, shit, he expect the treatment he received being in a predominantly white racist sport. Um. Man, I I've always thought, and this is probably this might be wrong of me to put a jacket on NASCAR that they they might not deserve that shit. I always thought NASCAR was racist. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, uh, because every time I would watch TV and see, it just seemed like it was just a bunch of rednecks there. Um, I would see the Confederate flag going, and even locally, that's who I saw really represent NASCAR. A lot of Confederate flag waving, you know, just looking like I really don't fuck with niggas type people. So, um, should he come to expect this? Uh, no. You should never expect somebody to disrespect you. Uh, as far as like what we're talking about, too, Bubba Wallace is the only African American in NASCAR. Um, he. Painted his car in uh, Black Lives Matter. He wears it now on his uniform. You know, they removed the Confederate flag. This past weekend at one of his races, somebody hung a noose in his uh, locker room area. So, um, you know, there was a lot of solidarity shown by fellow NASCAR drivers. Even the fans were, like, cheering them on. People were saying they were so sorry. But even outside, when they showed on camera, outside the gates of NASCAR, you saw a lot of motherfuckers out there tailgating who didn't come in the race and had the Confederate flag flying high and proud. Um, so, no, I don't think he should expect this. I think he should continue to stand up for his rights. I think he should continue to push that Black Lives Matter shit and fuck them. You know what I'm saying? Because if they threw that shit in there behind his back, they ain't going to do that shit to his face. They do it to his face, then, you know, handle it. That's a coward move. Put a noose in somebody's dressing room and they ain't know. Bitch-ass niggas, but it is what it is. What you think? I agree and I disagree. Go. Um, And this won't take long at all. I feel like he should expect it. I do not feel that he should accept it. And that's really what he's doing. He's Mm -hmm. not accepting it. Like he said, this will not stop. This will not slow me down. This will not stop my steam. Um, And I was, Sports Center was on, and uh, it was on first take. And there was actually a a doctor there. I forgot his name. I really never heard it. He came in late. But the thing that he articulated throughout history, he said, typically what happens to any any African-American who is pushing for progressive rights, when people do things to try to scare or threaten them, it usually has the opposite effect. It galvanizes them and it makes them stronger. And it actually, in the same way, being a martyr, it attracts other people to your understanding of the cause. So um, I thought that was that was super relevant. But yeah, I think that he should expect and like, hey, you know, if, if you know, Bubba, I don't know you, but if, if Bubba was my best friend, I'd be like, hey, man, you know, stay strapped. Uh, Sooner or later, you know what I'm saying, they might be putting that there now, but, you know, white people do a lot of drugs too, you know, to get that little courage, you know, and get froggy one day. You know, I, I say continue doing what you're doing. I just, but yeah, I would say I would expect it, but I would not accept it. I expect a whole lot of bullshit in corporate America, and I've I've seen it. Yeah. I expected it, and I've seen it. Um, Does that mean I should accept it? And let me correct myself. I was on some bullshit when when. Let me tell you how far I am removed from NASCAR. Uh, 
when all this shit happened with Black Lives Matter, they was like, yeah, Bubba Wallace has painted his car. I'm like, oh shit, that's what's up. We got a white man out there <laughs> waving the flag, <laughs> getting his shit painted. I gotta be honest, I was kind of disappointed when I found out Bubba was a nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I was like, ah, shit. You know, um, but yeah, man. Thought he was a stand up white dude. Yeah, with a name like Bubba Wallace in NASCAR? Like, shit, nigga. But, I mean, but that, that, that just, I mean, that, that's just, and we, it's like we know it, but we don't know it. Like, there's black people out there that, that love country. There's black people. Carl Malone. Who, uh, right. You know, like my man um, who who owned, he used to, um, he's owned several businesses. Actually, shout out to him, black owned. He's going to be opening uh, an Amici in Easley, South Carolina. So bigger shot, big plug to him. But he yearly with his brother, they would fucking go tailgate and fucking go to NASCAR. And they, he would just explain he had a great fuck. He just, and I never asked him mm-hmm. directly. I probably should have, and I, 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 next time I talk to him, I probably will ask him. But I was like, "How can you have such a great time amidst all of these motherfuckers who are, you know?" But you gotta understand, man. We we've been there in the right. midst of that. So think about them live ass Clemson parties that you done did. Oh yeah, or so, we would have partied in USC. It's yeah, right. There's still gonna be racism. There. Mother- but no, them motherfuckers love you when you're getting drunk and fucked up, and you got the party going. They will party with your ass. Oh, yeah. Now when the liquor and shit go away, like you get over there, nigga. Like you not, we ain't cool right now. You some know, of them, some of them cats still hit me up though. That's love. Yeah, they all right. Um, not all of them though. Like that boy, they ain't gonna even go talk about that. Oh, uh, bastard! How can I culture my child who has no idea about the struggle? Um, man, that's easy. You just got to make sure they understand their roots, you know, and the way you do that is through education, um, example, um, never make them feel or be ashamed of their race, who they are. Um, But, you know, you can never tell them like, oh, well, don't act white or you got to act black. No, just show them and and let them. Um, When my daughter, she's homeschooled now, but when she was in school, Majority of her friends were white, you know. Um, she does not know the struggle. So it is what it is. But she's just as black as they come by the way she act. You know what I'm saying? She she black as hell. But yeah, she don't she don't know no struggle, but um I make sure she understand what it is to be black and be be proud to be black. Period. Yeah, um, well said, but yeah, the the way I would describe it is, man, you 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 have to find your way to make it part of that child's daily curriculum, and you know that's the curriculum that these schools we all know clearly are not gonna gonna educate white or black kids on. Right, you have to make that part of their their learning curve, and that means that if they're gonna see an example of that, you have to also show them because kids are always watching that that is important to you. So they also, not only why you want them to read about it, discover, instead of sitting down and watching, you know, a Western, you can watch a documentary. You can watch something about black history. Whether it's, I mean, it doesn't matter whether you watch it, audio book, have a discussion, an old school book, whatever, but you need to go through that experience with them and then talk them through that. So that's what I was saying. One thing I would say, like my mom, and I was kind of, Low-key kind of pissed. Mm. I ain't tripping. Um, my mom, during the summers, because um, she would be traveling a lot and I would be home alone, you know, so if it wasn't some, if it wasn't summer league basketball, she didn't want to leave me to my own vices, she would make me do a report. Nigga, uh, I, had to do, no. I had to do a report on, like, black history. Like, I did it. I, I had to do a report. <laughs> I did a report on Martin Luther King. Shit. Nigga, I did a report on the Urban League. And then she, no, um. You could tell that shit a long time ago, nigga. Not, not the Urban League, the old Black League, the Negro League for baseball, the Negro Leagues. I did oh, a report yeah, yeah. with Satchel Paige. All I did yeah. reports on all of that shit. And then she actually got me a ball. Like, I was mad not because after I, like I was mad at two points. I was mad when she said I gotta do this shit because I was pissed. It's my fucking summer. 
You know, and in the summer when a whole lot going on it was hot as fuck in Louisiana, nigga, I might sit there and watch Wimbledon. <laughs> Cause we had HBO. I fucking loved Wimbledon, nigga. That's the first time that was the that was like this random side note, that was probably the the first major like predominantly white thing this nigga that came I ingratiated. From privilege? <laughs> I never played this shit. I had I was privileged enough. I was one of the niggas in my age group. We were privileged enough to I had HBO, nigga, because everybody didn't have that shit. So I was privileged enough to see it that way. And when I started following black or white, it was something about the tennis court. And even to this day, man, it just it brings me a certain level of calm. Like mm-hmm. the sway like jazz or wine does. But that's neither here nor there. I didn't forgot what the fuck I was talking about before that. But yeah. Yeah. Being cultured. Um Yeah, whatever. This last one is so stupid. My urban white friend is black. Urban white friend is black. I right? understand so what they're trying to articulate poorly. Ineffective communication, but yeah. I, I'm with you. Just not on the outside and has used the N-word, which we affectionately call him as well. With the climate, I want him to stop. How do I communicate that? Well, you shouldn't have never started. Yep. Uh, yep. Number one. And you you sound dumb as hell for saying that your urban white friend is uh, black. And I've had to tell... Some of my white friends this because I know they mean well in this climate. Sit this one out. Don't chime in with, yeah, I know how it is. and this. I know you mean well. I know you got my back. You don't understand. You never will. Let's just keep it at that. That's not your battleground. You have a battleground. Yeah, you and have a, a battleground. Place. You have a part to yeah. play, but that's not it. Yeah, that's not it. Yep. Yeah. So, so mm. yeah, uh, really, if you're really and... This is what I would argue. So I, I hope this puts you in a place where you get some more perspective. I'm not trying to jab the knife in you, <laughs> but if jab it, I'm not. I'm not. I promise. But if you accepted him and let him call you niggas, which hey, you can probably guess how I feel about that. You can guess. I don't even have to say it. If you ingratiated him, and that's really your friend, how real of a friend are you? If now that everything else outside of your friendship now changes the way you feel about your friend and how you want your friend to engage you, you let you gave him the power and the authority to do it. Because I guarantee you, I got a whole lot of white friends that I would never let that shit happen to. But if I said, hey, you can say it, some of them might have motherfucking said it. If I told them, if I gave them the graces that you can now have a safe place to say this. I don't know. I can't just say that. I, I'm sure someone would be like, nah, man, that's cool. Like, they might be like, oh, my God, it's too good to be true. Or, hey, or he might fuck me up. Hey, what if we did We can record it. Tell somebody, it like, somebody white friends, like, hey, yeah, say it. Yeah. Um, just to see what they'll do. Man, I, I told you about that interview one time. It was, I forgot the actor, but they, he was on a panel. And they were like, it was all white people <laughs> and him. And he was like, it's just not fair. I can't say the N-word. And he was like, say it now. He said, say it. He said, I'll say it with you. You can, you can say it. Say it. And he was like, no, no, I can't say it. And I, I can't say it. And, you know, this thing that, you know, it's been circulating virally. It's like years old. It's it's late as fuck. But, like, uh, we got a T.I. posted it. DJ Nikki Nice posted it. A few other people posted it. But this it was a very articulate guy on a panel. And a white woman was talking about it on the panel. It was, you could tell it was like a college <laughs> setting. She was talking about a little Uzi Vert song and how she doesn't know what to do when the N-word comes on on the song. And... <laughs> What should I say or why, how should I avoid the words? And the and the black guy was very, very articulate. And he tried to break it down. Like, we talked about this a long time ago on the podcast. He was like, you know, there's certain terms that within cultures people use to ingratiate themselves. And he was like, for example, my wife. The first example he used is my wife calls me honey. If we're walking out in public and a woman who I don't know walks up to me and says, Hey, honey, what's the first way you think my wife is going to respond? You know, because this is a certain term that we use because we have a certain amount of affection towards each other. She's going to want to know why this woman, you say, who hopefully I don't know, hopefully I've never met, feels like she can use that kind of communication. He was like, here's another example. My wife has a bunch of girlfriends. They may have a book night or wine night, and I'll hear them go like, hey, bitch, or bitch this. And he was like, at no part in the, in the night do I go like, hey, I want to I wanna go in here and start calling all y'all bitches. 
<laughs> he was like, I had homosexual friends say something like, you know, to another homosexual person, don't act like a faggot. Yeah. I've never wanted to say that. And he also told her, he was like, I understand, you know, based on the context, like if you just dial, if you would have said the word nigga, I would not have, me personally, I would have thought you were racist because you're, you, I understand you're asking a question in subcontext. So I understand that. And he broke that down, but he also was just like, he just named example after example of like, I wouldn't want to aggratiate myself in this. He was like, but the problem is, this is a part of your white privilege. Yeah. Your white privilege compels you to even know that this is not a culture that you're a part of to want to do it. And he said, and I can get it from a white person's perspective. He was like, most of y'all probably have the perspective, you know what, we made the word. We created the word, so now you're telling me a word that I created, I can't even use. You're really being reverse racist towards me. No, we're telling you don't use. But that's, and that's that's the point that he, that's that's how he articulated it, so I thought that was real deep, and a lot of y'all are just seeing that post, uh, it's years and years old. But yeah. it's so relevant now, I guess you can throw it back out there like we threw out Date Dog and that's good slaw. I don't even really call white folks out their name, bro. Like, I don't, you know? I mean, I don't think yeah. that, it, it, you really don't a lot of it because it doesn't get as much traction. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you you calling a white person a cracker is not going to just make them boil. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not gonna stick and jab and reflect hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of decades of oppression and limited opportunity yeah. and lies and lies. When I mean like these people who went to the military from like the first wars, like you will be free if you go fight. You, you will be paid shit. if you fight. Yeah. You will get land once you're free. Uh-huh. You will get X, Y, and Z. And now we need you to go fight again. Well, this time we're just gonna draft you. But when we come back, we're going to love you. And, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of this, there's no word black people got that can throw at you that can get you that that riled up. There's a few cultures that you can maybe say, I mean, like, a lot of cultures you can say that. There's not a, there's only one culture I can think, and I ain't going to even go there now because I, I think that would derail the point. Well, I can't imagine if I'm in a room watching a movie with a white person and somebody said, nigga, on the movie, it's a whole lot more uncomfortable for them versus if we were watching a movie together and the word cracker was used. Right. I would just keep eating popcorn. I There's a lot of words. Phased by this. Like, yeah, like Asian, like a lot of Asian slurs, uh, <laughs> Italian slurs. Like, when in the movie with Jackie Robinson, the guy, the one of the, the racist guys who almost who tried to break Jackie that when he was yeah. breaking the color line, he said that we do this with all cultures. He said we call a guy, an Italian guy, when he came in, we called him the WAP. It was fun. It was affectionate. Cool yeah, he said that he's. Th- this is how we communicate. This cool. is what we do with everybody. We ingratiate Jeez. in. So yeah, like these these words don't. You can say these words other people, and they, the only thing that will piss them off is the fact that they know that you're trying to disrespect them, and they just yeah. their level of how much they tolerate that shit. Yeah. But with black people, that word has had so much power and so much imagery and so much of a reflection of so many other things. Yeah. You really, you know, you. And white folks, it's almost like close to spitting to. That's the slur. That's the closest thing to spitting into a culture's face because yep. of what happened to it. There's not a difference, white people, in the A and the ER. They equally do not say either one of them. Don't don't try. Yeah, neither one of them. Just let it go. Did you have a, a listener you want to hit real quick? Uh, you say somebody gave you. Yeah, somebody gave it to me. Uh, real quick, we'll run through it because I was like, kind of fuck it. But here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> this was a listener. Ah, fuck the topic. But uh, there's a topic. It's a relationship-based topic. All right. Uh, you're dating someone. Y'all kicking it. Y'all don't have a title. Uh, the dude, y'all don't have a title. The dude has slept with other people since y'all been kicking it. Mm-hmm. The girl always told him, that's something that I would never do. That's something that I don't believe in. I what, care about you. People? Yeah. Okay. Even though they don't have a title. Okay. She then, you know, tells him, I don't know how further, you know, however long down the road it's happened. I fuck somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hate, I regret it. I don't like it. I want to be with you and only you. Uh, the question was, how should the dude feel about it? Should the dude be like, well, I did it too, or, but the fact that you did it and, 
you said that was something that you know that was beyond you. You you're now a liar. How can I look at you? That was the question. Like, how can she move forward, or how should she move forward? Should she expect him to, you know, be like that's fair, or the fact that you know what the dude did was in the past, and he was not doing anything in the present. Like, how does that play out? I think that whole thing got off on the wrong foot. Number one, if there's no title and no strings attached, why are you even discussing who you fucking? You know, if we know ain't no title, I don't need to tell you I'm fucking other people. Now, there's a caveat. If we're fucking raw, that's a title without saying. Raw fucking comes with, on the regular, raw fucking comes with some level of exclusivity. That you're Mm. like, okay, I'm fucking you raw regularly. So, it's what's understood doesn't have to be said. But now, when they got down to this point where he felt like, well, she felt like, oh, I had to tell him. If there was no title, why would you even open your mouth and be like, hey, just let you know I've been fucking other people. Unless she was doing it from a standpoint of, now that we're moving together with a title, I don't want him to be surprised if we're out or if he start hearing stuff like, oh, she was fucking, what's that? That's your, you know what I'm saying? Like. From that aspect, but well, she said it, it happened one one time. She only fucked this other person one time. Yeah, I don't even. She, she shouldn't even said nothing about that. Like, but now that we're here and she said it, um, if he a real nigga and, and, and you know he understand, they agree, he has to look at it that way. We said we we ain't had no title. That's your past. You know, either I want to be with you or I don't. Mm. Period. So I would look at it. Interesting. Very good. What I'll say about it is, uh, ha ha ha. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the A is, is always a tough pill for a man in any situation to swallow his pride, but what he said was right. So, good one. Hope you guys bloody enjoyed it. Another passionate one. Remember, I bloody well said, Billy Bloke said that, uh, yes, there are terrorists out here in the world, and Damn. He completely outlined it, so remember that. That's the name of the episode. Remember that. Terrorist. You are a bloody terrorist if you are against the blacks here. Because we are America, bruv. We are the culture. <laughs> we are the revenue <laughs> stimulator. And we bloody well do the things that we do in a way that's so gaudy and bloody well fucking awesome. You market them and exploit them and you make more money off of us than when we do it. So, if you are against us, you're not American. And new America is going to rule you a terrorist. Real soon, fucker. But uh, reach out to us, man. Get at us, man. I need more music sent to me, man. I say podcast is the word on Facebook and IG. I say podcast at gmail.com. That's the email. Send us topics. Send us music, man. Send the music to book DJ Rain, R-A-I-N, at gmail.com. Uh, shout out to Merv Bo in the gym complex. Uh, shout out to Iz and uh, that delightful canvas of imagery he painted today. I am uh, DJ Rain signing out saying we'll see. Uh...